Hey, it's Tony Bruski. Hope everybody's doing the best as they can during these crazy times. Over the weekends, we like to give you some extra content, uh, more than we normally do. Uh, and that comes in the form of a, a EPP bonus episode, a classic one. I'm throwing some of them out there right now as we're all going through this, uh, as well as some classic episodes. So you're about to hear uh, either an EPP classic or a classic episode of Real Ghost Stories online. Give you a little something extra to listen to uh, as we uh, kind of need those mental escapes right now more than ever. Hope you enjoy, and thanks for listening. Real Ghost Stories Online. When you sign up to be an EPP, extra podcast person to Real Ghost Stories Online, you'll have access to the best ghost stories we've ever told. The oven door started slamming open and closed. And in places like this, oven doors take up entire walls. Never before had I seen such clear evidence of something non-human being in a room with me. Because it felt like somebody was here. You know, you see, I did it written in paint where you just painted. These are stories only EPP members have access to. I don't know why, but I just wonder if that scream isn't a family member that was there to claim their loved one. There was like something standing there right in the threshold of the doorway. And I was paralyzed. I couldn't breathe. It's only $5 a month when you sign up at realghoststoriesonline.com by clicking Become an EPP. There was an old lady standing at the foot of the bed, and she said she could see details and everything. You know, it just looked like an old lady standing at the foot of the bed. You'll get access to the best ghost stories and exclusive video content we've ever created. I have no doubt in my mind that it was completely supernatural. But it felt like it was in my head. Like, it didn't feel like I was hearing it. It felt like it was in my head. Become an EPP now and help keep our show on the air. At realghoststoriesonline.com, click Become an EPP. Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You are about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. That indeed it is. And on today's episode of Real Ghost Stories Online, a married couple just assumes one another are responsible for the misplaced items in their home until they finally ask each other. A visit to Jamaica leaves a girl terrified in her hotel room. Could the almost sleep state be allowing listeners to see apparitions? And a visit to a graveyard sends a group of cousins running for their lives. Those stories and more today on Real Ghost Stories Online. Tony and Jenny Bruski joining you once again. Hello. I used to play in the graveyard with my cousins. Mm-hmm. So bring back some memories. Because <laughs> who doesn't, who is not able to say that? Playing in the graveyard with your cousins. I think most people. <laughs> it's not a common thing no. you don't uh, just go out to the graveyard and wander around and have a jolly good time i think most for most people the graveyard's kind of out of the way yeah. it's not something that's just right there like it was for you or maybe these listeners but i think it's kind of like you know people tended to bury their dead on the edge of town for a reason yeah so it's kind of out of the way over the river and through the woods oh to the graveyard we go uh-huh. so we did run around there with our proton packs on pretend we're busting ghosts and then every once in a while, you're somebody that's like looking up and they're, they're kind of sitting there, you know, trying to have some peace, visiting their loved one who's deceased. And here we come over the hill with our proton packs, <laughs> this pack of eight-year-olds busting ghosts. Although that had to have been, you know, although, yes, probably somewhat inappropriate, uh-huh. probably a little bit, you know, cute. Comic relief. Comic relief and kind of a sad, like, oh, look at these cute kids. They're running around pretending they're busting my old Herbie here. Mm-hmm. Who's, uh, we just uh, got some fresh dirt on. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I think I, I would find joy in that. I don't know about everybody else, though. This is the same cemetery now that has, like, uh, uh, scavenger hunts and uh, theme nights and stuff for the families to come out and enjoy. Hey, the cemetery used to be like a park. I think they're 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 bring, they're bringing old school back. They are to the cemetery. It used to be a place people would go and picnic and hang out. I think there should be more picnics in cemeteries. Can course, we? That was Victorian times. So, 
Okay. A lot of great ideas out of that era. Right. <laughs> Should we, can we go picnic in the park, honey? No. You can wear one of those Victorian era dresses. You know, the ones that like really, you know, they have like the giant poof out <laughs> skirt type. What is that even called? That's a hoop skirt. Uh, and that's the wrong. Is that the wrong era? That's the wrong era. What, what were, what's the era where it was the giant, you know, it really, there was almost like wiring in it to like really make it stand out. Wasn't that Victorian type style? No. Those, what's those that era? were hoop skirts. They literally okay. were hoops. Oh, okay. Under there. What, what style was the dress of the Victorian era? Uh, Titanic-esque. Oh, okay. So, okay, well, we can wear Titanic-esque clothes and go to uh-huh. the cemetery and have a picnic. No one would think any less of us. It's amazing your history knowledge or lack of. It's a lack of. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just, I don't know. It's not very good at that. I I, I, I can identify things. Oh, I, I've seen that, but I can't tell you where or when. <laughs> so, there you go. 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost stories with us. Our first letter today comes into us from Savannah, meaning the person's name, not the city, correct? Yeah. Okay, here we go. Hi, Tony and Jenny and all my fellow listeners. My husband and I have a weird occurrence in our house recently, and we uh, don't know whether it's uh, whether or not it's paranormal. Told him I'd ask the experts to settle the debate. So we get to kind of be like people's court here. I guess so. Okay. I have concluded that it is paranormal since I cannot come up with any other possible explanation. And he has concluded that paranormal stuff only happens to other people. And if we don't talk about it, we can't pretend it didn't happen. Or we can pretend it didn't happen. So here it goes. I got home from work and was straightening up the house one evening. Walked into the kitchen, noticed a light bulb lying on the counter. This struck me as odd because... I'm the only one that changes light bulbs around here. My exact thought was, well, it was nice of him to change a light bulb, but how hard would it have been to uh, really just to throw it away? I rolled my eyes, grabbed the bulb, tossed it in the kitchen garbage. The next morning, we get up, get our coffee, and head for our recliners, like we do every morning, to read and wake up. He beat me to the living room, and I was still getting coffee when I heard him holler from the living room, hey, very funny, babe. What? I asked as I walk into the living room. Really? You stole my light bulb? He said, referring to the lamp by his recliner. I asked him what he was talking about, and he tilted the lamp so I could see that the bulb was missing. I told him I didn't take his light bulb, but I found one on the counter yesterday and threw it away. Then I went into the kitchen garbage, found the light bulb, and showed it to him. I assumed you changed a light bulb and forgot to throw the old one away, I said. I didn't change the light bulb, he said, looking confused. He took the light bulb from me, screwed it back into the lamp, and it lit up immediately. At that point, we exchanged, you're messing with me, and no, I'm not, and really be honest, and I promise, we're so confused, still are. We don't play jokes on each other, and honestly, neither of us are that creative. How the heck did his lamp light bulb get to the kitchen counter? Neither of us sleepwalk, and the bulb wasn't even burned out. I know I didn't do it, and I could tell by how freaked out he was that he didn't do it both kind of felt like our home had been violated somehow. I know it's just a light bulb and no harm was done, but it's bizarre enough to be unsettling. I just can't figure out how or why. Our home was built in the 70s, and being from a small town, my husband knew both of the previous owners. Three of the four previous occupants have passed due to age since then, but none died in the home. Never felt anything off in this house, so I was reluctant to even think it might be paranormal. What else could it be? Anyway, that's my story. Not super scary, but just when you start to think that weird stuff only happens to other people, your light bulbs start going to the kitchen. I'm a faithful listener in EPP. Love the atmosphere on your show and the great feedback you guys give. A big thank you to the both of you and to all the brave people who contribute. Well, I think if there is absolutely no possibility of somebody coming over and doing that, like, you know, a kid coming back from school or you know a friend while they're there I don't know why mm-hmm. they would do that but if there's absolutely no possibility I think we kind of have to go with paranormal as weird as it is the only I mean unless there was someone that yeah exactly that had been there my only thought is like was it loose in the light did it fall and someone else was there they saw it was like lying on a chair or on the floor and as they were passing through they just picked it up set it on the counter moved on 
That could have been anyone who was in your home between the two of you, if anyone had been there. They didn't mention anyone being there. I would think they would have mentioned someone being there. Of, oh, it could have been, you know, so-and-so who was working on, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, that, I think, would be the only thing that would make remote amount of sense. I mean, it could even be someone who was there when you were there. Had anyone else been in the house when you were there? And they happen, you know, to just see this. And it's just one of those things you do by just, you know, uh, not habit, but... Preventing danger. Yeah, preventing. It's like, oh, just set this there. And, you know, you think you're going to tell the person and it just slips your mind. Mm -hmm. That's the only thing that would make sense. Um, Do you have any pets that could have somehow possibly picked up a light bulb without breaking it and getting it to a counter? How would they have gotten it out of the lamp? Well, I'm saying if it fell. Oh. If it was like really loose or something, fell. I mean, it's just the only. Th- I mean, light bulbs don't typically just fall. I but th- but if it's a lamp that's used or moved, you know, I, yeah. could, I could see something getting loose. I don't know. I think they've rolled out any possible explanation. Yeah. I mean, I at that point, I'd be calling my friends that were recently over. Hey, did you happen to pick a light bulb up mm-hmm. just to see, just for my sanity? I think you got a ghost. I don't think it's good. Your walls are probably going to start bleeding, and you'll probably find yourself levitating in the middle of the night. There you go. That's terrible. <laughs> now, what I, the levitating of the walls bleeding? All of it. Even just <laughs> saying that, I think that they may have something going on, but I think it's going to be one of those things we're only going to know as time goes on, and if anything else happens. Yeah, keep us updated. Yeah. But I think they probably have gone through the same path that we're going down right now, of narrowing down every random idea. I just think it's funny that them finally conversing about it was the final thing yeah. that occurred and not the first thing that occurred. There you go. You got a ghost. Mm-hmm. Let us know what happens. Who levitates first? Tell us. 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online. Page writes in, hi, Tony and Jenny. Running a couple weeks ago, sharing a story about my grandmother seeing a man in my house before passing away. I have no clue if you ever ended up sharing that one because I'm a relatively new listener and I'm listening to your older episodes and haven't gotten around to listening to the recent ones yet. Wasn't really planning on writing again for a bit, but I just had to share what's going on right now. For the moment, I'm staying at a resort in Jamaica with my parents and my niece, Chloe, who's a couple weeks younger than me. My father had a son and a daughter with someone long before he met my mom. Chloe and I are sharing a room, and despite having nothing in common besides relative age, we're getting along well, but we still prefer doing things alone instead of together. So we're barely in the room at the same time besides when we're sleeping. While I've been alone, I've noticed weird things going on. First day here, Chloe and my parents were exploring around the resort while I went back up to the room. I'd chosen to wear high heels to dinner and my feet were starting to hurt so I didn't really feel like exploring. I was alone in the room for about three hours. Nothing weird really happened except the hotel room door slammed shut, which was weird because I definitely closed it when I first got in. I knew because I slid the chain bolt shut on the door out of habit. After I heard the noise, I looked over and the chain was not bolted and it was swinging around. Thought it was weird but chalked it up to being dead tired from the long flights I'd had that morning. But today I stayed mostly inside because I got really weird sunburn lines and I didn't feel up to sporting them around and possibly getting more, so I stayed in the room. My niece told me she was planning to head to the beach and said she was going to take one of the big water bottles that came with the room with her. I told her, okay, do you want me to put the other in the fridge so it'll stay cold? Yes, please. As soon as she left, I put it in the fridge and kind of forgot about the whole thing until I woke up from a nap and realized I was getting thirsty myself. Started to get up to get a soda. On the desk over by the mini fridge was the bottle of water. I talked out loud to myself. Huh. Did Chloe come back to the room while I wasn't looking? A quick pause told me she wasn't in the room, so I shrugged and made to put the water bottle back into the fridge with the other. But there was no other water bottle in the fridge. I wondered if maybe I didn't really put the water in there in the first place. But no, the water bottle would have been warm if that were the case, but it was covered in condensation. Also, these things were also these things were those really big ones that are roughly the length of my forearm. I knew I put the thing in the fridge. I placed it back where I thought I'd put it the first time and grabbed a soda. 
After I'd finished that one, I went to grab another, and as I opened it, all of the drinks fell out of the fridge and onto the floor like someone was pushing them out. When I tried to put them back in, they just flew out again. I was getting a little scared at this point, and kind of panicked and said, Stop! As soon as I said that, the sodas stayed where I put them. I have another weird things happening around, like a weird presence in our bathroom and hearing knocking up from my parents' room, where I know my parents aren't there, along with glimpsing shadowy figures peeking out from the stairwells. But I'll share those at a later date, when I'm not using my cell phone to type this out. Just thought I'd share this one, because I literally just happened, and I wanted to share it while it was still fresh in my mind. I think if I do write again later, I'll probably share a story about a pet grave we found in our front yard when I was younger. Take care. Really loving the show, Paige. It's a lot like the first story in that it's just a random object being messed with. Mm-hmm. But I think anytime you tell your surroundings to stop, and it does, there's something going on. It's probably a not so horrible thing if it stops. Uh-huh. I think that's a good sign. Uh, if it just continues on and kind of ignores you, I think you have a, a much higher probability of it being a not so good spirit. I think you may have more of an earthly type human ghost you got going on there. Do you think this is something that uh, resides there at the resort? Something that she brought with her? No, it's probably something that resides there at the resort. And I can't imagine it's something too bad. I mean, who's unhappy in Jamaica? It's true. I don't know. I, uh, I wonder. It's like the ghost of the mini-fridge. Yeah. It's probably just whatever they can manipulate to get attention. It's interesting. I suppose it'd be a great place to be a ghost. Mm-hmm. You get new people all the time to mess with. You can, you know, everything's kind of fresh and new all the time, and it's a nice setting, a nice, uh, nice resort if you stay on property there. And uh, I could see that. Yeah. Interesting story. Thank you for sharing. Let us know if any other... Uh, excitement happened on that uh, on that trip there. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online. Kim writes in, hello, Tony and Jenny. I'm a daily listener uh, and a year-old EPP member, one of the lucky multitaskers of the world who can listen to your podcast while working. Thank you for all the time and effort you both put into Real Ghost Stories Online. Currently, I'm 37 years old. I was 10 years old at the time of my experience. 37 years later, I am able, or 27 years later, I'm able to recall the event with such clarity that I know it wasn't a dream. I was in grade six, and my teacher always took her grade six class on a three-day and night camping trip at the end of the year. Camp Cedarwind, a Boy Scouts camp located in southern Ontario. I don't know how old the grounds were at the time. I have no history of the place. Maybe one day I'll research. Anyway, grade six, class camping trip barracks, all the uh, cupboard of old board games and other things to keep children entertained. As a class, it was voted on that we'd play with the Ouija board. It was the second night of our trip. We all sat in a circle, huddled around the board, asking if there were spirits, and it answered yes. We asked for a name, and it responded, John. I know, a very plain name. Chances are someone, or everyone, was pushing the bit around on the board for the answers. I have no doubt of that. What I do wonder is if something was disturbed that night as I sure as heck was. After lights out, we all got into our bunks, which stood three high, and ran the perimeter of the sleeping quarters. They were placed tightly as possible, head to foot, so that the columns of each bunk would make a knocking sound if someone in the bunk next to me moved. I had a bunk mate below and above, slept in the middle bunk, in, middle of, in the middle of the night, I woke up because my bunk was vibrating. Not a noisy vibration, but the bunk itself was shaking. Not enough to toss me or my bunkmates out of bed, which is why I say it was vibrating. Having just woken up out of a dead sleep, I assumed I was dreaming. No sooner than I lay back down and closed my eyes that the vibrating started back up. This time I poked my head out past my bunk to look down the road to see if anyone else had woken up from the vibrating bunks. Everyone else appeared to be sleeping, so I lay back down on my back, head to the side facing the other row of bunks across the room. And that's when I saw an average height figure dressed in black with what I thought to be a ski mask on its head at the time. I was so scared that I couldn't move. All I did was watch as this dark figure moved slowly from bunk to bunk, 
taking hold of the bunk's column one at a time, and shook it back and forth, hence the vibrating. Eventually, I yanked the blankets up over my head, plugged my ears with my fingers, and eventually fell back asleep. In the morning time, I mentioned it to be no one. I mentioned it to no one because I thought it was just a dream, induced feeling or sight, until one of the boys mentioned that his bunk had been shaking during the night. The boys and girls slept in separate wings of the barracks. Eventually, a few more classmates, both male and female, spoke up and said they had been woken up by their bunk shaking. They too had been scared and too scared to get out of their beds to see if anyone else was woken up by it. I don't know if I was the only one to have seen the dark figure. I assume I was as no one else said a word about the dark figure. I do know it scared the heck out of me then. Scared the Ouija board experience and curiosity right out of me. More recently, I've been thinking about the experience. I've never forgotten about it, but I don't think about it on a daily basis. I wonder if there's a reason for that. Thank you for taking the time to read my story. So, I take it nobody saw this figure vanish Mm -hmm. or dissipate or anything. I kind of, I mean, it could easily be a shadow person doing something, but I kind of wonder if it isn't just somebody messing with a group of kids. Mm-hmm. Or one of the kids. Yeah. In the group, thinking, I'm going to go do this, and... It sounds like, though, it was more of an adult-sized person. Mm-hmm. But just, you know, a chance to do something creepy at camp. And sure, and if you're letting the kids play with the Ouija board, I suppose, you know, going and shaking the beds and doing all that, mm-hmm. not off-limits as far as, you know, what would be acceptable behavior in, you know, 1982. Yeah. You know, I, I could see that. I don't know. I mean, I'm not ruling out paranormal. I just think when you have that many kids on a field trip Mm -hmm. overnight, it could be something else. I think it certainly could be. It's just, it's one of those things we'll never know. Mm -hmm. If it was your memory, what would you want it to be as? What would you have settled upon as your explanation? That it was one of the chaperones goofing around trying to scare us to give us, you know, that full on... Spooky camp. Mm-hmm. Even though knowing, even though not having evidence of it, other than this is your assumption. Yeah. Just to make it. That's what I would go with. <laughs> Probably a little happier of a memory. Yeah. Like that eh, camp was fun. The chaperone scared us. It was great fun. Not eh, a shadow person came out, freaked us out in the middle of the night, and vanished into the wall. But I would never ask any of the chaperones if they did it or not. <laughs> I don't really want to know. <laughs> it's one of those things better left unanswered. Uh huh. Good story. Thank you for sharing that. Did you ever go to camp? Like an actual camp like that where they stay overnight? No. Like Ernest goes to camp? I always wanted to, like, salute your shorts. Yeah. Yeah, I always wanted to do that. I've never done it either. Mm-mm. We were going to one year, and then, like, it all fell apart. There's grown-up camps for kids that never <laughs> got to go to camp. And that's not even just for that. That's just grown-ups who want to be kids again. Yeah. Yeah, it's like grown-up camp. They, they do all activities and everything. I know. Except there's alcohol involved. This sounds amazing. Are we too old for that now? No, we're not too old for grown-up camp. I don't know if that's like mainly like early 20-sums that are still not quite ready to be grown-ups yet. Or... No, I think it's 30s, 30s and 40s <laughs> that need a break from real Where life. Where is mom and dad going? They're going to camp. Well, you send your kids to camp, you go to camp if you can. I, you could probably coordinate that. Yeah. That would be That would be a great camp. Yeah. Where it's actually like a joint camp. Where, like, half the camp is the kids, and then half the camp is the adults. Mm-hmm. But you don't have to, like, go watch your kids. It's like, no, we're sending you up to camp, and you have to deal with the counselors and all that. And it's not like, oh, I'm lonely. I'm going to go, you know. It's it's separated. Mm-hmm. And then you can, you're still close enough, so it's not like I have to drive the kids to this camp, and we're going to go to that camp. It's all there. You'll get that. Okay, you go to your camp. We're going to our camp. Then eventually they find mom and dad passed out down by the lake with multiple bottles of wine as they're just trying to go do some fishing. Covered in s'mores. Yeah. What happened? Yeah. What's going on? That would now that would be a fun camp memory. <laughs> <laughs> One to cherish for many years to come. Or just like on the opposite side of the lake. Grown ups <laughs> and kids. Yeah. And the kids with the binoculars and they're What are they doing over there? Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online and writes in. First of all, I'd like to thank you guys for all the wonderful and sometimes creepy stories you share for people. I'm writing in from uh, Sunderland in Northeast England, and I've experienced quite a few things that aren't explainable without an open mind and the paranormal. 
wanted to share this story for a while, and I'm sorry if it's a bit long-winded. When this story happened, I was in my brother's room. It was the smallest bedroom and that I now have. The house we live in is a brand new build, and we are the first people to live here. My brother and his now fiance had only been together for a month or so, and she had fallen asleep while he was playing video games. She'd been unwell and was quite tired at the end of the long day. She'd been asleep for about an hour, and as she woke up, my brother said, she sat up, focused on the door. He asked her what was wrong, but she didn't respond as he was trying to get her attention. The door handle moved, and the door opened just a little bit. No one else was home. My brother's girlfriend smiled and told him there was a man. She then described my granddad down to his handmade cane that he took everywhere. My brother said it was an almost scary, accurate description. This is only so strange as we had no photographs of my grandfather hanging around the house, and he didn't really look like my dad very much. He also died when I was around eight, so she had obviously never met him. My brother said, while she was describing my granddad, he could smell the tobacco smoke that followed him everywhere, but he couldn't see anything. He was a little bit freaked out, but he knew that she was very perceptive to paranormal things. After she finished describing him, she said goodbye and lay back down to sleep. After around another round, uh, another hour, she woke up with no recollection of what had happened. She's a very good friend of mine now. We often talk about how my grandfather may have followed us to the new house, but neither of us are sure how it could be the case. I often wake up during the night to my dog sitting by the door, wagging his tail and looking like he's getting scratches behind the ears. He makes his funny face like he's smiling when it's happening, and he only does it when someone scratches his ears. I believe it's my grandfather checking in on us from time to time, and it's a great comfort. I've even recovered from serious depression since moving back home, and I believe it's thanks to my grandfather's spirit. I see him sometimes out, if he, out of the corner of my eye, and I even smell tobacco smoke sometimes, but no one in the house smokes. Just wanted to share this story and see what your thoughts are on how he may have followed us. To my knowledge, we don't have any of his possessions anymore. Thank you so much for the wonderful podcast. I plan on becoming an EPP when I get paid next. Keep up the great work, guys. I think it's kind of like when people have sleep paralysis and see shadow people at, you know, that right almost almost asleep but kind of awake. Mm-hmm. I wonder if you're just able to see things that you wouldn't normally see when you're in that state. Not that this was any kind of a sleep paralysis, mm-hmm. but just the way she saw this but then had no recollection when she woke up. Like she was kind of just there in between the states. Yeah, when she saw the grandpa. Mm-hmm. I could see that. I mean, it's interesting that... I, I wonder if she's just more sensitive and she was she's able to pick up more of it than the others. I mean, the others seem to be able to pick up some semblance of him. Yeah. Um, and they're able to narrow down who it is and, and just the smell, the feel. You know, it's, it's that whole thing of you, you sense who you're around, mm-hmm. you know? And they seem to, to be able to identify that. I think he's probably dead on with his assumption of just... He's coming to check on them every now and then. And I think that's a common occurrence with a lot of ghosts. I think a lot of people make the assumption that the ghost has to live there. And if you have a ghost, it's always there and you need to rid it. And I think sometimes they just show up. Yeah. And then they go away. And then they'll show up again sometime. And it's not up to you to rid it. It's just checking in. Mm -hmm. Just like you go visit your relatives as a living person. He's doing the same as a dead person. And I think that's somewhat probably common. So, good story. Mm -hmm. Thanks for sharing. Jesse from Pittsburgh writes in, Hi, Tony and Jenny. It's me, Jesse from Pittsburgh, back with another story that once again connects all the other ones I have submitted. This one may have shed a little more light on some of my questions that I've had. Anyhow, let's get started. A few nights ago, my friends and I went out for a nice night of drinking, live music, and hanging out. After successfully accomplishing all of these things, the night grew late, the snow was heavy, and drinking a little too much. Needless to say, I could not in good faith allow my friends to drive home in such conditions and allowed them to stay at my place. As we were hanging out, my friend had passed out. I expected this considering how tired and drunk we all were. This is when things got a little weird. As I was sitting there smoking a cigarette, reading while my friend was there, snoring away, and then suddenly had stopped and started to stir and mumble. I looked over and said, you all right? 
Yet my friend stirs with eyes still closed and obviously asleep says, Who is that? I then reply, Who are you talking about? My friend says, That girl in the corner. Now, the only corner in said room is the one that was uh, brought up in the previous stories of shadow people hiding in. So in most situations, most people would stop there, but me being uh, who I be, me, me being me, continued to speak to my sleeping friend. I then asked, describe her to me. My friend stirs and twitches and says, thin, brown hair, tall, staring at us. She's saying something. Now my interest is very piqued. I asked my friend, what is she saying? My friend's head shakes and continues to twitch and move and says, I don't know, can't understand. I tell them to concentrate. My friend's face then changes as if to pay close attention and really concentrate as her lips start to move as if to try to decipher what was being said and then says, she isn't comfortable with me here. She's concerned with us here. And just like that, my friend relaxes and begins to snore once again. And that was the end of it. The next day, my friend had no recollection of the evening and didn't bring it up in order, and I didn't bring it up in order not to scare them. May have been wrong to use my friends as a means to try to communicate with this entity, but I have a feeling this is the same one from my previous stories that I've had many interactions with in the apartment. I feel that I know more about what is following me, but with that comes more questions. Again, maybe it was just a dream and my friend was just sleep-talking. No, it was nothing I've ever experienced with them before. Please tell me what you think. I'm now a proud EPP and have been going through all the bonus episodes as well as the classics. Thank you for the time. And as usual, I'll continue to write my stories in as they progress. All the best, Jesse from Pittsburgh. I think it's funny how we have similar stories written in the same day from mm-hmm. opposite sides of the world. Yeah. And, you know, again, I think it's maybe that sleep state or that in-between sleep state allowing the you know, kind of intoxicated friend to see something. It's like the uh, the sensitivity to that area kind of peaks up a little bit mm-hmm. in that area. What's uh, What is most curious about it is how he seemed to be talking about an area of the room where in his previous stories, uh, Jesse's previous stories, there had been things going on. Right. It wasn't just uh, some corner over there, over there. You know, it's, it's right there. Mm-hmm very specific on everything. I think there was certainly something going on mm-hmm. or something trying to communicate with him or or him communicating with what he saw. Maybe may one of those cases where what was there really wasn't, in, you know, had no intent of being seen. It's just he happened to be there at the right time and the interaction occurred. Sure. I could see that being the case as well. Trina writes in, I have several stories, all positive. Let me preface with at four or five, I would Ask my grandparents to please not die on Christmas because it would ruin Christmas for me. There you go. That's a good request to have. This will make sense later. My first experience was in 1977. I was seven. My grandfather's mother was born in Poland and immigrated to Hartford, Connecticut in 1918. We lived in Maine and visited once or twice a year. She spoke only Polish under her youngest ch- until her youngest child was in school in the early 30s. Shortly after she died... She began showing up in my room at night. She would sit on the edge of my bed. I'd see her clearly, not translucent, and there was an indentation on the bed. After a few nights, I mentioned to my grandfather, great-grandma was visiting me at night. He explained she was in heaven and we couldn't visit with her anymore. I remember feeling confused because she was visiting me. That night she came again and I told her grampy didn't believe she was visiting me. She rubbed my head and told me to repeat this song and began to sing to me. I stopped her because I didn't understand the words because I didn't speak Polish. She kept repeating the words and had me recite them back. The next morning I told my grampy again and he said she was no longer alive and I just missed her. I told him she wanted me to sing to him and began singing the song, poorly mispronouncing the foreign words, but had the melody down. Tears welled up in my grampy's eyes when he explained it was a Polish lullaby she had sung to all her children. She never came back to me. I think that's sweet. I think mm-hmm. that, you know, when you have that information relayed, that there's no way you would have known. Sure. That That's what that is. That's one of those stories that you get, and 
I mean, obviously, at the time and place where this was happening, it didn't have a scientist or anyone that was, you know, setting this up and could verify that she didn't know this or anything or didn't mm-hmm. pick this up. But when you have things like that that are clearly, she didn't know this, it was a different language. It was a song she probably had never heard because it wasn't anywhere in the culture that she was being brought up in. How does a child suddenly just get something like this and relay it if it wasn't something paranormal? Well, and such a little child, you know, four or five years old. Yeah. Not somebody that's maybe heard, oh, this was, you know, sung to all the kids in the family at sure. one point. This is something that, no knowledge. Yeah. I mean, there. I don't know any other explanation of how that could be the case without it being something paranormal. Mm-hmm. So. Interesting story, really cool experience, uh, and uh, that, that'd be a, a good one. You can look back on. I have any ghost stories? Yeah, really good one from my childhood. Not like, oh, I got the you know crap scared out of me. Right. You know, that's a positive one. Thank you for for sharing that. Kimberly writes in, hi Tony and Jenny, love the show and hope to become an EPP as soon as I start my new full time job in June. This story is not scary, but about dreams and a loved one who visited two people in their dreams after he passed. Growing up, I had an uncle who was very sick that I spent a lot of time with him since he lived with my grandparents who took care of my brother and me when my parents were at work. I was very young, so I didn't treat him very best since uh, he was a bit strange, but in a funny way. And when I was young, I just wanted to be cool and not hang around my uncle. As I grew up, we actually became very close and I have a lot of very good memories with him now. But when I was 16, four days before I turned 17, he died. I took his death very hard. My whole family did, since he was the first loved of the younger generation that had witnessed and died. And both of his parents, my grandparents, were still alive and are still alive today. A few weeks weeks later, we were still all in mourning, and one of my grandparents' neighbors came by the house. She had not attended the funeral, and we had wondered why, but since it was held during the day, we figured she had to work like most people do. Who didn't, who didn't attend had to. She sat down at my grandma's couch and started to cry. She told my grandmother that the night before the funeral, she had a dream that she was attending the funeral, and when she walked up to pay her respects, no one was inside the casket, but she turned around and saw my uncle standing close to her, and he smiled, and he wasn't sickly looking like he had been for the past 20 years. Cancer and HIV will do that to you. But he looked like he had, like he did before he got sick. After she realized it was him, since she had only seen pictures of him before he got sick, he told her to tell his mom that he was okay and not to be sad and that he was gone. He was with God and his grandmother in heaven and wasn't in pain anymore. And she woke up. After this, she couldn't get the courage to go tell my grandmother because she was too scared about being visited in her sleep by my dead uncle. My grandmother was crying, and she said, Well, why didn't he come see me? But that's just my grandma for you. After everyone in the family found out and all cried, we felt better knowing he was doing okay. Fast forward about another two weeks, and I found out my uncle was gay, and about all of the drama that had happened before. I was even born because of that. My family is very Catholic. So much guilt was weighed on me because I wanted him to know that I would have accepted him. And he was, and I was very sorry. I was a brat to him when I was younger, and I was sorry a lot of people in my family had judged him when he was younger. One night after all of the discoveries, I was having a dream about going to an event with my mom and brother, and we were walking through these big crowds around a stadium-like place, and as I'm walking about to be a hundred feet in front of me, I see my uncle in his healthier state, just like the neighbor had described walking towards me. My mom and brother don't see him and keep walking, but I stop. My uncle is walking towards me and I feel tears start to fall onto my face while he walks up to me and I'm speechless and can't say any of the things I wish I could say to him. He hugs me and tells me that he's okay and not to worry about anything about him and just to live my life, to watch out for my brother and to be careful as I grow up. He lets go of me and then starts to walk away and I blink and he's gone. I ran up to my mom and brother to tell them, but they do not believe me, almost as if they couldn't understand what I was trying to say. And then I woke up, touched my face, and I felt the tears, and I knew he had just visited me to make sure my unnecessary guilt wouldn't weigh me down. 
I was about to be a senior in high school and I really should have focused on more important things and feeling guilty about things I couldn't change. To this day, I think about my uncle. It's been over four years now and he is still with me every day. And I know he's watching me and came down to make sure I could move on from his death, knowing he was okay. Thank you, and I hope to write in again soon. I have some more actual paranormal stories, and my best friend is Native American, and he has a lot of stories dealing with spirits, so maybe I can get him to call in, since he's a good storyteller. I think there's paranormal to these stories. I think a lot of times dream stories where a loved one comes back to visit for one reason or another, or to visit somebody that doesn't even know they're gone yet. I Mm -hmm. think that's paranormal. Yeah, I think... It's uh, cases like that, especially where it's it's something that can't be known. Mm-hmm. Like like you just said, someone coming to visit, uh, someone who doesn't know they're gone. Yeah. But they're dead. Mm-hmm. Um, that I, I agree with. The other ones, I think plenty of them can be paranormal. It's just hard to verify mm-hmm. without there being some sort of, you know, existential evidence to it. Where it's like, oh, I had this dream and then this happened. Or that is more of an evidential thing at the the first option where they're dead you don't know it but you dreamed about they were dead yeah so i agree it's just it's hard to verify the paranormal in any case but even more so in those cases (laughs) right so thank you for uh for sharing that story edwin writes in hello tony and jenny my name's edwin i'm 22 years old and i have a couple experiences i'd like to share but i'll share my creepiest although i've only had a few there are some that i'll never forget My story might be long, but worth the wait. I'm from a town in the high desert of California known as Hesperera. My story starts in the neighboring town of Victorville at my sister's house about a few years ago when I saw and felt something I believed to be paranormal. My sister had invited me over that day to treat me to dinner and had asked me to babysit my two nephews. My nephew, Isaiah, who was 10 at the time, and my baby nephew, Ivan, Well, she and my brother-in-law went out on a date, so I agreed and decided to watch my nephews for the night. My sister's house is a five-bedroom, two-story house. My sister and brother-in-law left around 7.30, so we ate dinner, watched movies, and ate popcorn in the upstairs loft and put my baby nephew, Ivan, to sleep around 9.30. Isaiah and I decided to stay up late playing video games until he got tired and I eventually ended up from the loft to his bedroom directly across the way by the stairs. It was close to midnight when I finally decided to go to bed, so I walked downstairs, set the alarm, checked the locks on the door until I make it back upstairs to the guest room. As you walk into the guest room, the bed is straight ahead in the left corner of the room, and right next to the doorway are two sliding closet doors. I left my door slightly open in case my nephew started crying for any reason. I was always kind of creeped out by that guest room. You tend to get that feeling someone's watching you. I try not to think anything of it as I lie on my back and eventually fall asleep. It was late, around 2 a.m., when I slowly wake to a hand gently pressed against my chest, almost like a mother waking her son up for school. First, I thought it was my mom because I live with her and how the presence felt. Then, as I'm opening my eyes, I'm remembering I'm at my sister's house. I follow the hand... To my right view, I can see a translucent, almost clear elderly woman with short curly hair and with clothes you would normally see someone from an old folk somewhere. She was standing almost floating in the doorway. The door completely opened. As we made eye contact, she looks at me for a bit, looks away and fades away as she floats on. I rub my eyes and make sure I'm awake, only to turn to see she's still there and nothing but an open door. I turn to my other side cover my head with my sheet, and go back to sleep. The next morning, I explained what happened to my sister, and she believed me. She told me she would hear footsteps or creaks whenever everyone's downstairs. She also told me that the grandmother of my first family that lived here had passed away in what is the office downstairs, but it is right below the guest bedroom. Sorry for the long story, but I just wanted to finally write in my story. Thank you guys for what you do. I listen to your show all day at work and before I go to sleep. I found it through Spotify and got hooked immediately. I became an EPP about a month ago and listened to almost all the episodes free and EPPs. Keep up the good work. Edwin from the High Desert. 
I think even if it's just a harmless old lady, when it's a ghost, it's still scary. Sure. Until you kind of have some relationship with the ghost, for lack of a better term, Mm -hmm. or, you know, just understanding of it. I think to most people, it's going to be a spooky experience. Right. But once it kind of gets, you know, a regular thing, a pattern, it's like, okay, this is all it is, all it's going to be. You can kind of rest a little more easy. Mm-hmm. I'm still would never be able to, I think, just cover myself up and go back to sleep. No, I don't think so either. I, I, I would say I cover myself up and I sat there with my eyes wide open shaking until 6 a.m., <laughs> you know, or until the sun came up or something. I, I don't know. I, I would find it very difficult, I think, to be able to just to, to go back to sleep. Although sometimes, you know, I'm trying to think of the, ex- the experience I had when I uh, had that kind of sleep paralysis thing. I did eventually, I got so scared, I did just cover myself back up. Mm -hmm. And then I sat there, and I did eventually fall asleep. But it wasn't just a, oh, I covered myself up and went back to sleep. I was there for a while. You didn't just roll over. Yeah, it wasn't, uh, okay, I'm out. But uh, yeah, everybody has different abilities. Mm -hmm. I would love that ability. Like the flip the switch, go to sleep ability. (laughs) I don't know how you get that, but that would be awesome. Bubba writes in, I almost died from meningitis last May. The fever made my short-term memory pretty bad, so if I've submitted this before, I apologize. If I've submitted before, I guess I just uh, just disregard this. Thank you. Hello, guys. My name's Aubrey. Considering, uh... okay, I said Bubba. Yeah, keep going. Okay, continuing on. Hello, guys. My name's Aubrey. Considering my uh, dad, my son, and myself all have the same name, I just go by Bubba. Okay, there we go. With that, I'll move ahead to today's story. No, I don't like saying story. Let's say retelling of true events. My cousins and I were at my great aunt's house with our parents, and we were terribly bored, so we asked if we could go across the street and hang out at the cemetery. We were told we could, as long as we were respectful of those who are resting there. So we begin to leave, and when my great uh, aunt asks, Y'all want to uh, go to the graveyard uh, this close to sunset? We say, sure, why not? Great Aunt said, kids, if uh, Emma's there, don't disturb her visit because she doesn't like it and she'll get you. That's a strange thing to say, I thought, but didn't pay any attention because I figured it was her elderly mind and off we went. I had five cousins with me. Three were female, two males. We walked down my aunt's long driveway and then crossed the small dirt road to the cemetery. It's called the Holland Cemetery, and it's a small cemetery for a small town. It's a type of cemetery that has some very old headstones that time and weather have stripped of any permanent information. There's also a dirt road that zigzags through. Seems like the type of graveyard in small town that really doesn't need headstones due to everyone knowing everyone and in turn knows where everyone's buried. Gives off a vibe of peace and serenity, but still looks creepy enough to make you want to be gone before sundown, which may explain why there's nothing stolen, destroyed, or tagged by graffiti artists. Well, we hung out for a while, and my female cousins were ready to leave because the sun was about to be gone for the night. We were headed toward my aunt's when we noticed a woman standing at a grave. She didn't say a word or even acknowledge us as we strolled by. I did get a weird vibe as we passed by. We were all like, where did you come from? We had no idea. I made a comment about how old her dress looked, and my cousin said, I know, and started laughing. She turned and looked at her eyes were mad. She started running after us. As we ran, I turned to see if she was still coming, and still her eyes were angry and red like two hot coals. Also, she seemed to not be running like us, but seemed to be gliding. So, we run to get to the road that goes between the graveyard and my great-aunt's house. We got to the other side of my great-aunt's driveway. I turned to see how far behind she was, and she was just gone. Poof. I was told by two of my cousins that her eyes were glowing red, and she was floating. Since I hadn't shared that with anyone else, I had to smile because then I knew it wasn't just me. So we get back to my great aunt's house, all sweaty and out of breath. I guess we looked pale because my cousin's mom said, y'all look like y'all have seen a ghost. Then my great aunt looked back and said, y'all must have met Emma. I tried to warn y'all. I later found out that Emma was a mother with a newborn baby. She died in a car accident years ago with her baby. 
For some reason, instead of being buried by her baby, she was buried several rows over. No one knows for sure why she stands at the grave. It's been said that if you interrupt her visit, she will chase you off. Most kids don't believe it, but as my cousins and I find out, it's all too real. Thank you guys for doing the show and giving all of us an outlet to share our paranormal experiences and listen to the experiences of others without feeling judged. Keep up the great work. And that's why you don't go play in the graveyard. I just, I, when I was a kid, I, I wished I would have had an experience like that. Really? You wished a mad mama ghost was chasing you? Home? It probably would have been a bit much. Yeah. Maybe just maybe a, a mad collie or golden retriever. Pet so, cemetery Yeah, animal? there's a pet cemetery in the back of Ramsey. Yeah, I know. Maybe it was just like an angry, you know, Murray dog back there that's just like, hi, you know, and just kind of like gives you a look. You never saw Pet Cemetery, did no, you? I, I actually have not. Okay. I have not seen Pet Cemetery. That might change that opinion. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe be wishing just for dead people. Nice little kitty. <laughs> no. But, uh, yeah, I, no, I mean, I, I, I always did kind of want something, but never, never really got it. No. Just had to be peaceful. Mm-hmm. Go collect the leaves and the, uh, what was the nuts we used to collect at the cemetery? There was, uh, gosh, I can't think of it. The trees, there, it's a it's a type of bark in the tree. The tree looks like it's falling apart almost because the bark's very, it fall, it's, I don't know, it's, it's always looks like it's going to fall off. Okay. And uh, there are little hard nuts that fall from this tree. And if you crack them, uh, they're, they're delicious, but you have to kind of beat the squirrels to them. We'll go and collect them. It's like, they're very edible. It's a common nut, but I can't think of what it's called. Anyway, me and my mom used to go and get, like, bags of them and uh-huh. take them back. Huh. Collecting snacks at the cemetery. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's funny. So we did. It was not a black walnut either. That's what anyone's thinking. They're smaller. Hmm. I can't think of it. Anyhow, they're delicious. Find <laughs> them at a cemetery near you. Okay. So That's a good story. Yeah. I guess, uh, yeah, uh, heed the warning. Of, uh, of the great aunt if she knows that the ghost lady is there. Mm-hmm. I like that one. Lots of fun imagery. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online. If you like the show, please consider supporting it and helping us stay on the air. Sign up to be an EPP on our website, realghoststoriesonline.com. Click become an EPP. Get access to all of those bonus episodes, 80 some of them uh, now for you. Uh, exclusive video content, uh, six full episodes of Seeing Ghosts, new ones of those every single month. So lots of bonus extras for you right there. And that, like I said, is what funds this thing and keeps it going. Check it out. RealGhostStoriesOnline.com. Click Become an EPP. Until next time, for Jenny Brisky, I'm Tony Brisky. Thanks for listening to another episode of Real Ghost Stories Online.